Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to sports on a Sunday morning. On a Sunday morning here in St. Louis, I'm Mike Claiborne. Ryan Kelly's still here, and uh, we'll chat with him in just a bit. A lot of things we have to talk about today. And BK, first of all, good to see you, sir. It's been a while. It's good to see you, Mike, and uh, congratulations again on your induction of the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Thank you very much. It was a, a fun event last week, and congratulations to everybody else who went in also. Uh, it was a good class to be part of, so I'm, I'm very th- appreciative and uh, very thankful of what took place and. Uh, I, I got to admit, I had a good time. <laughs> well, good deal. <laughs> I had a real well good deserved, time. well-deserved, that's for sure. Well, we got a lot of things to talk about. Why don't we visit about St. Louis U for a minute? They are all over the place. Okay, you played basketball last night. Mm-hmm. You're on a plane today to go to Cancun. Your men's soccer program is in action today, and the women's program, basketball-wise, is in action at Kansas. Right. Chris May's all over the place. He is, and the women's soccer team, of course, made it into the second round of the NCAA tournament before losing. Uh, the women play at Kansas after hosting Missouri the other night. They have a, a now, great schedule. Why is it that the women can play and the men can't find time on their schedule? Well, the men lost to Kansas City, so I don't think they want to come to St. Louis. Well, you, you know, know. He- here's the thing about both of these programs. <laughs> they both howl and complain about mm-hmm. this or that. They should be, they, they should play each other, and, and I'll they ask should. you, would you rather see Missouri, uh, St. Louis, you play Central Arkansas, or would you rather see them play Missouri? Yeah. Would you rather see Missouri play UMKC, or you, you what do they call them now? Kansas University City. Missouri, Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City. Or play St. Louis, you. Right. I think that those two teams have to come together because we're not talking about juggernauts here, okay? Mm-hmm. Neither one's nationally ranked. Uh, you know, they, they're going to be okay in their conference, we think. Right. No excuse on them not playing. 
No, I agree, but I think Missouri's just afraid to play St. Louis because oh, if they oh, lose to St. Louis, they're not the big <laughs> well, dog hold anymore. Hold on a minute. But, Who said they were the know, big dogs anyway? Well, they they think, lost to UMKC. I know, I know. So, so get out of line. They may not play UMKC or KC anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're busy trying to find another blood donor. Exactly. I, I just don't understand don't, it. we got to get this thing done. They've done it before. I remember it was growing the up the three best games, games. Yeah. I think either program has played within the state. Yeah. Very good games, very entertaining games. How many coaches ago was that? I mean, you had oh Lorenzo Romar coaching St. Louis U. Mm-hmm. You had Quinn Snyder coaching at Missouri. Right. We've seen a few coaches come and go since then. Mm-hmm. I had much more hair when that was going on. All right? That was a long time Not as ago. much gray in the beard. <laughs> I thought those were very entertaining games. Mm-hmm. I hope somebody can get them in the room. I'll I tell you what, we need to get some major sponsor. To throw the money on the table and say, here it is, boys. There you go. All right, I'm on it. All right. I'm going to talk to Chris May about that. Okay. I, hope I know so. we'll talk about some other fun things, but uh-huh. I, I got to ask. Chris, yeah. what are we doing here? Right. What do we need to do? Come on. Who do we need to call? Yes. And we'll get the new AD. And, and this is good. It's a new athletic director. We can mm-hmm. talk to her as well. Yeah. We're going to have Howard Richards on later. So there you go. I'll say, big fella. Can you push this down the road a little mm-hmm. bit? So he can twist an yeah. armor too. He's big enough to do anything he wants. <laughs> exactly. So we'll just let him do what he does best. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to talking to some basketball and certainly some other things with St. Louis U. Missouri, a huge win yesterday mm-hmm. over Florida. Now, some people say, well, it's Florida. Yeah, I know. But you won. You won at home. Your defense played reasonably well. Yeah. You, you are now at six wins, which makes you bowl eligible. Now, you can be at six wins and be bowl eligible and not get a phone call. Right. But I think for the program itself, it's certainly a step in the right direction. Yeah, and and I work in a small bowl in in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. We haven't had it for two years. It's a D2 bowl. And when you go there, and these teams are disappointed they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. They go to a bowl game. But the coaches will tell you, one more game. We get another two, three, four weeks of practice. So, Everybody walks away with a nice swag bag, if yeah. nothing else. Yeah, great experience. Yeah. You get to go somewhere warm usually, have a great time. They treat you like kings. So it is It is a plus, even though we kind of laugh about it. It is a plus. And where this team was a few weeks ago, oh, I yeah. did not expect them to do this. The defense has played a whole lot better. Much better. Uh, the offense yesterday took a while to get started, but once Beatty gets going, I mean, you look at his numbers and his average in the fourth quarter – He's averaging, what, like nine and a half yards a carry? Here's the thing about him. You know, I know he's got some lofty numbers, but in conference play, he's just a guy Mm -hmm. until yesterday. Yeah. Because when he had 200-yard games a couple times against, you know, blood donors, East Toenail State at Boogaloo. I mean, (laughs) there were nobody. These teams weren't very good, and you expect him to do it. Mm -hmm. But in this situation, he went out and and did it against a good team in Florida. Not a great team, but they're in the SEC. So when you're in the SEC, you automatically move to the head of the class as far as talent is concerned. Mm -hmm. And and obviously, uh, the schedule pans out for you as well. But, But he did a nice job yesterday. I thought, as you mentioned, the offense... Good ball control, did a lot of good things well. In the second half. In the second. First half. Yeah, first was, half. Ooh, man. And how does Florida's defense go from giving up 42 points in the first half to Samford to shutting down the Missouri offense? Like I, I, you know what, though? That's been the way football, not just college football, but pro football, week to week, you just don't know who's going to show up. Mm-hmm. And it's, to me, one of the real head scratchers of the season for both college and pro 
where there's some teams you say, well, they're going to kill these guys, right. and then all of a sudden they end up losing. It, it is uh, something on why we keep coming back to get more football. It is. And how about Illinois? They had Iowa on the ropes on the road yesterday. And then they go down in flames, losing 33-23. They're 4-7, and seven, no bowl game for no. them. No. Um, I don't know who the coach is going to blame this week on why they <laughs> lost. I mean, he wanted to blame the players uh, of the coaching staff from the previous regime, so I don't know who he's blaming this well, week. Well, he was home this weekend. That's right. He yeah, had, he so had he, COVID. You know, so he, he can blame the, can blame the coach yeah, who was in yeah, charge. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this. I do. All right, coming up in just a bit, we're going to visit with the Hall of Famer, Bernie Federko. We have some hockey to talk about with him. Yes, Last you do. Last night, man. Oh. You give up two short, or two well, shorthanded goals. You give them up. When, when your power play is scored on more than it's scoring, it's not good. Not a good night. They came out in the first seven minutes or so, and they looked like the team that beat San Jose the other night. Which they was a very terrific. complete game. And I enjoyed when, that one. When they didn't score, you thought, uh-oh, we're in trouble now, and they were in trouble. Well, so. we'll talk with Bernie, and we'll figure it out, because the Blues don't have a lot of time to think about it. They're in Vegas tomorrow night, Yeah, and that should be a very interesting battle. So also on the show today, we have Chris May, as we mentioned. We're going to talk about St. Louis U and all things good about that program. Katie Wu of The Athletic is going to talk some baseball. General manager's meeting took place recently. We'll get her thoughts on what she saw and what's going to happen with the Cardinals. And a little later, we'll talk some college football with Howard Richardson, Missouri Hall of Famer. We'll talk with him about yesterday and also what's down the road. President of Baseball Operations, John Mozalak, will join us, and we'll talk about what they're up to as we get close to the expiration of the collective bargaining agreement. That doesn't mean that uh, they're going to sit back with their feet on the desk, I can promise you. No, for sure. Can I go back into my news mode here for a second? Go right ahead. Breaking news? Do we need? Do we have some breaking news music here? Ding, 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 ding. Westbound 64 is open at Skinker. Good. Just open. Very up. good to hear. So there you go. I passed that earlier this morning, and, man, it was. Yeah. It did not look good. It's been closed since 3.15 this morning. Whew. Yeah. I'm, I said I passed it. Coming here, coming not in. going home. Yes. Okay, yes. I just want to make Very sure good. everybody knows that I was not out at 3.15 in the morning. All right, when we come back, the Hall of Famer Bernie Federko will be with us. We'll talk some blues hockey after we take this time out on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown! Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back, everybody. We continue with sports on a Sunday morning. Let's go to the guest line. And standing by is the Hall of Famer, Bernie Federko, who's on the St. Louis Blues broadcast coverage. Bernie, how are you this morning? Good, Mike. How are you? I cannot complain. Well, I, I can because I'm a little concerned about giving up shorthanded goals, especially when you give up two in one night against a game Dallas Star team of yes of last evening. Well, you know what? Things uh, do happen occasionally. I don't. I don't think it's something that uh, we should get too concerned about. But uh, you've got to give Dallas a lot of credit. I mean, uh, the same two guys did the same same play basically twice. And uh, yes, you don't like to see it, but uh, these two things do happen in the course of a year. So I'm sure that they'll work on that, and I'm sure they'll have lots of discussions to make sure that that doesn't try to happen again. I would agree with you now. The good thing, the good news is they don't have a lot of time to think about it because they've got Las Vegas tomorrow night. The bad news is they do have enough time to think about it from the plane ride from Dallas to Vegas, and I'm sure Craig Berube might have a a brief discussion with them today. But with that said, with COVID and injuries in a condensed schedule, 
uh, leading up to the Olympics. It, it, the team just appears to be just a, a bit fractured because, you know, you're not having a lot of practice time. You're dealing with guys who are coming on and off. They're trying to gain their timing. Um, who have you seen, though, step up in this situation? Because, you know, as I said, they're, they're a little fractured right now. Yeah, they are. But I, you know what? I think that we're getting a chance, Mike, to see the young kids play. And, yeah. and, and I think that when you look at what, uh, you know, Kyra has done this year already and Robert Thomas, I think the a couple of the kids that I think that everybody had high expectations for a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, especially with Thomas, uh, you know, he kind of struggled uh, last year, got hurt. And even the year before, I, I think everybody thought he was going to really, you know, have a great year. And uh, for whatever reason, things didn't happen. But I think we're we're seeing that evolution now. I think he's becoming a, a, a really complete player right now. He's getting an opportunity because of the injuries, because of COVID. I think he's getting a lot more ice time. And I think he's really proving that, you know, he can play on both sides of the puck. I mean, he's been used now killing penalties. He's out there. Um, late in the game there in defensive situations. So I think he's really proven himself that he can play in this league. And I think the same thing with Cairo. I mean, he's a kid that is a little guy, but uh, he's got great skills. And, and I think each and every night he's showing what he can do. So I, I think that's the thing, the positive things you come out of this. But I still look at this team, Mike, as, as a, a very solid uh, hockey club. I mean, I, I think that they're in the mix. Um, you know, when you look at their, especially their forward core, it is very, very good. I mean, they've got so many uh, interchangeable pieces now that, you know, Sunquist is back. You know, hopefully Shan will be back uh, sometimes this week. And then basically you've got a whole roster. And, and I think that uh, Craig Bruby can really look at that, uh, you know, that forward lines. And he, I think he can get to a position where he, he can really build four lines that, that could be really dominating uh, as the season goes along. So I, I think that uh, we're seeing a lot of good things out of that. Uh, but it's still it's it's a it's a it's a learning process, and it's as you said, there's not a lot of time for practice. So uh, they've got to get with the morning skates. They've got to work things out when they're playing the games. I know it's more difficult that way, but uh, it is just the way the schedule is. You know, you you mentioned the young guys having a chance to play and get what I would call quality minutes, where they're not fourth line guys, they're not third line guys in some situations. They're in the meat of it. And let's face it, to get to the National Hockey League, in most cases, you have to be able to skate and you have to be able to learn how to score at some point. And for those guys who were probably more dominant at lower levels, be it the minors or in junior, for them to have a chance to actually get a bite of the apple on the second line, man, I I would imagine that would truly motivate these kids to even go harder. Yeah, it is, and I think we're seeing that. You know, guys like Barbershev got have got a better chance, and, and I think he's played really, really good. I mean, uh, you know, where he's going to end up, I'm not sure, but he can actually move up and down the lineup. And I think it's it's important to have guys like Bozak right now, a veteran guy that's been around. I mean, he's, you know, a guy that was probably going to be on the fourth line, but he's filled in very well when he's had to move up to the second line. So and I think we're going to see this all season long, mm-hmm. not just from the Blues, Mike. I think we're going to see this all over the league. I think if, you know, if we're still going to see – you know, COVID protocol, when these guys get tested every third day, I mean, you're going to find some more guys throughout the year that are probably going to get COVID, and, and it's on every team. And uh, you're going to need to have, you know, your full 23-man roster and then your minor league system that's going to have to jump in and, and really uh, be a part of it. So you're going to see, I think, a lot of kids that we may have not seen, uh, on uh, you know, on, on, on everybody's organization get a chance to, to, to get uh, out to play in the National Hockey League. And, and I think that we're probably going to see some some real surprises and and maybe some kids that maybe would have we would have never got to see ever that could have made a career in the NHL that are going to get a chance that because of this uh, the way the system is this year and and you know with the, all these games coming up 
um, you know, before because of the condensed schedule, because of the Olympics. I, I think that there's going to continue to be more injuries uh, because there's really not any rest time. So we're going to see, I think, a lot of mixing and matching for, for the whole year. Hall of Famer Bernie Federko is our guest here on KMOX. And, Bernie, you mentioned some of the younger players. Scott Perunovich comes to St. Louis uh, with some very solid credentials uh, from college and certainly his time in the minors. Um, somebody asked me the question the other day, who does he remind you of? Now, granted, he's got three games under his belt. I mean, we're, I'm not nominating him for the Norris Trophy or anything like that, but does he remind you of anybody you, you had a chance to play with or against or watch in the past? Not really. I mean, I, I think he, he's very skilled. I mean, I, I, you know, you're watching more and more of these young kids come in. I mean, you, you know, Quinn in Vancouver, you see McCarr in, in uh um, you know, Colorado, there, there's a lot of really like, you know, young Gerards and other, you know, small defensemen uh, that's playing in, in Colorado. So there's, there's a number of the young, you know, defensemen that are coming into the league, coming out of college and, and really, um, you know, showing their skills really, really quickly. I mean, I mean, it's not, you know, like a guy like uh, uh, Brunovic, I mean, he's, he's what, 23 years old. So he's, you know, he's gone through college. So it's not that he's a kid coming out of junior. So he, he is a, a man already. It's not just a kid. So uh, I've been very impressed with the way he, he handles the puck, the way he, he makes decisions, uh, uh, you know, as quick as he does. Um, he knows how to use the, the little, you know, stature that he has out there because, uh, you know, he uses his speed and he uses the brain, which you have to have when you get big guys coming in. But I think last night was a little harder for him. Uh, you know, Dallas is a big, strong team, and uh, you know that's a, they're a grinding team, and I think it's going to be more difficult for uh, the smaller defenseman when you play against a team like that. But uh, I, I, you know, we've only seen it's a, it's a small sample size, as you said three games, but uh, I think that there's no question that he's going to be able to play in the league, and and I think that because of the decisions and the smartness that he has, uh, I think that he's going to have a real good future. Final question for Bernie Federko. Blues are in Vegas tomorrow night, and that's always a challenge going out there, or a raucous arena. A team, though, when you look at them on paper, they're very solid in the first couple of lines. I mean, they're they're very, very good. Then there's a little bit of a drop-off. Blues have to take advantage of that drop-off, don't they, as far as the talent level is concerned? Well, you know what? Actually, Mike, the game's here in, in San Luis tomorrow. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. Here. You're absolutely yeah, right. It's, yeah, it's not in Vegas. but, but I'd like you know for what? it to be in Vegas, though, and not go out there and check it out. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> exactly. But uh, you know what? Yeah, Vegas, They, you know what? Maybe on paper they don't look like they're that deep, but they are. They, they play a really, uh, uh, you know, um, a fast-paced game, so yes, they 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 do come down the top couple of lines, and supposedly Pacioretty's supposed to be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, you know, Stone is back, so so they still got some pretty good deep uh, lines. And and yes, when you go to the third and fourth line, they're they're really maybe not as strong. I think that where the Blues need to take advantage with with each and every team. I think the Blues, as I said, I think are, are very stacked. I think they got four lines that can compete with anybody. So yes, if there is a weakness on somebody else's team, you've got to make sure that, uh, uh, that that you take that to your advantage. So, yes, the Blues have to do make sure they roll their fourth line, four lines, and, and I think that's a way to beat the Vegas Golden Knights. But, I mean, the Knights have, have a really strong defense. They like to jump into the play. Their goaltending has been very good. I mean, as the slowest starters they had because of the injuries, uh, you know, they're winning a bunch of games now. I think, what, they're 8-2, I think, the last 10. So they moved right back up the ladder. So it, it, this will be a battle, especially, you know, you remember the first time the Blues and the, and the uh, Knights met. Um, you know, the Blues ended up winning that game 3-1 to one out there. And there was quite a few injuries for, for the, you know, the Knights. So it, it'll be interesting to see what we have tomorrow. But, the, you know, the Blues need to bounce back. 
obviously they know that these home games are important. You got the uh, home crowd, and, and I think that they really need to take advantage of that. Well, let's hope they do. Bernie Federko, as always, it's great to visit with you. Thank you for your time. I wish I could get you to Vegas tomorrow, but I'll take you here in St. Louis. Well, you still could, Mike. I'm, I'm available. Just, you know what, charter, charter a plane and let's go. And you can call in sick tomorrow. Okay, I got you. Sure, I will. All right. Hey, man, as always, thank you for the time. Have a great Thanksgiving for you and your family. Thanks, Mike. You too. Always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. That's Bernie Federko, the Hall of Famer on and off the ice. Boy, they don't make them any better than him. Speaking of making them better, Chris May is making a whole lot of people better at St. Louis University because he's got some programs that are doing some good things on campus and now out of the country. We'll have a chance to visit with the St. Louis U Athletic Director when we come back. This is Sports on a Sunday Morning right here on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back, everyone. Normally at this time on a Sunday morning, we would visit with Travis Ford, the head coach of the St. Louis University. And, of course, he's brought to you by Royal Bank of Missouri. But today, because Travis and the Billikens are traveling to Mexico, we're going to visit with the athletic director, Chris May, who is a very, very busy man these days. Chris, good morning, sir. Hey, Claves, good morning. How are you doing? I am doing well, but I'm not doing as well as you guys are. It's a busy time for you, as I mentioned. You've got men's soccer this afternoon. They take on Long Island in the NCAA tournament. That should be fun. The weather looks like it's going to be pretty good outside. You've also had a good win last night for your basketball team on the men's side. The women are over in Kansas. So I don't know how Chris May is able to juggle all these balls, man, trying to keep up with everything. Well, Mike, uh, these are all good problems right now. We've got teams that are really competing and competing well, and uh, it's just exciting. It's exciting to watch uh, coaches and student-athletes who have put a lot of time and energy into their, tra- into their skills and their trait and to see them have the success and get to participate and help them along that way. It's really a blessing from my perspective and, and a great time of year. I mean, last week uh, I was fortunate enough I was at Rutgers with the women when they uh, – they got beat in the uh, second round of the NCAA tournament. Katie Shields, as you know, has won four A-10 championships in a row, and uh, they've got it going on the women's side. And today is a big celebration for our men's soccer program. Best, best, best regular season in 50 years. Kevin Kalish has done a great job with this team and uh, really built it from the inside out, from St. Louis out. You know, he's got uh, great players from here. Patrick Schulte was the player of the, year, player of the tournament for the A-10 you got Johnny Klein, you got Kip Keller, you know, go on down the line. It's just a really, really talented men's soccer team that we're going to have a great day at Hermit. You, you called it. We've got great weather, a lot of people coming. So there's just a lot of energy around our soccer programs right now. And, and I think when you say the game today, it's been a while since you've been able to say we had a first round bye, which means you guys are pretty good going into this tournament and being rested and taking on a team that uh, they obviously upset the apple cart last week. It's going to be a lot of fun, I would imagine, especially because these kids are chomping at the bet to get back on the field after having that downtime. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right, Mike. And uh, it's an honor to be, to have the bye. Um, and, uh, but they've been, they had a great week of training. Kevin's got them crisp, and they're ready to roll. But uh, And Long Island had the big upset over Maryland. So they're coming in here 
with their ears pinned back thinking they can beat anybody. And so it will be a great soccer match at Terman Stadium this afternoon. It'll be a lot of fireworks, but uh, the good thing is we've got a really good team. Yeah, that, that, that always really, helps, doesn't it? It claims it helps. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you go into these deals and you just have a good team, you feel good about it. Now, there's no guarantees in life, let alone in sports, but uh, when you've got a good team going in, you, you like your chances. It's a 2 o'clock kickoff. I would suggest people get out early and really inhale the environment this afternoon at Herman Field. Uh, hey, <clears throat> your basketball team yesterday, good against Mercer. Now they're on their way to Mexico to play in Cancun. Tell me a little bit about that tournament and its, and its opponent, and will Chris may be able to get there at some point? Well, unfortunately, I'm not going to make it down there, but they, uh, Travis and the guys, they, they got this one. Uh, they're, they're ready to go. We had a good day yesterday, so we, everybody was licking their chops a little bit after we ran into uh, as hot of team as you'll ever see in college basketball in Memphis the other night. Kenny Hardaway had his team ready. They couldn't miss, and uh, we ran into a buzzsaw. And as Travis would tell you, if he was on right now, we didn't. he didn't feel like we played as well as we should have. Um, but So we had some regrouping to do, and our team really came out uh, after the uh, first five, seven minutes trying to figure out what was coming at us from Mercer's perspective. We played 30 minutes of really good basketball yesterday. Fred Thatch from Sykeston did an unbelievable job of really leading our team yesterday. Yuri Collins is the guy that uh, from St. Mary's High School that really stirs the drink for this team. And, and then you guys got guys like T.J. Hargrove, and you, uh, you go on down the line. Uh, Jordan Nesbitt is going to be a great player, the freshman from St. Louis. Uh, that t- our team's got a shot. Uh, it's going it, to it's going to be a work in progress for a little while, but I, I am really thrilled with the progress that our team's making. Uh, Francis Okoro, you know, big transfer from Oregon. He uh, he he is getting better by the minute. And uh, and what I'm impressed by is he can go to the he can go to the bucket hard, get fouled, and he hits his free throws. Um, Gibson Jimerson is just getting better all the time. So uh, Travis and, and Corey Tate and Ray Jacoletti um, and our staff have really done a good job of bringing them along. They're four and one. We're going down to Cancun to play Illinois State, which is always well prepared. That's a team that's very well coached and is always ready to go. And then Buffalo plays in, in the other game that, uh, you know, they are Jim uh, – you know, Weitzel was our assistant back in the day with, with Rick. He's head coach of Buffalo. He's got a really good team. So it's a good opportunity to go down to Cancun and uh, play a little better competition. But then, then come December when we get home, you know, we come back. We go to Boise. Boise's really good on the road. We come back. We've got UAB, Belmont, Boston College, and finish up with uh, Auburn uh, December 18th. We've got a heck of a December coming in shape at arena. So, uh it's a really exciting time with our basketball program, and I am really fired up to watch this team develop because by the time December 30th hits and the A-10 schedule comes, we'll be ready to roll. Well, I, I love the non-conference schedule. Um, you're playing in teams that, that are, come from competitive conferences, but the big question is when are we going to get this thing straightened out with the team down the road in Columbia, Missouri, that be at the Missouri Tigers. Uh, you know, fans – talk about this all the time. I know you can only take it so far. You've got to get some cooperation on the other side of the fence. But, Chris, there's got to be a way we can get you guys in a room and get this thing done because I can promise you 
there'd be more people coming out to watch St. Louis U in Missouri then they're going to come out to watch St. Louis U in Central Arkansas or who knows who university if, if Missouri's got somebody like that on the schedule. So what do we have to do on this end to get this thing going? Well, Mike, we, we, we'd love to play any big game we can play. And, uh, but as uh, you're going to laugh, uh, I remember you and Rick having this conversation. I have and it I with Rick's every coach quote, and every, everybody I, at, at St. Louis U and Rick's even quote, at Missouri. Rick's quote was, it takes two people to dance. This right? is true. And so – you know, we, uh, we've got great respect for their program. We're focused on ours. Uh, as you know, we try and play every big game we can in a non-conference. It's like our, our non-conference schedule this year. It's built to be an at-large NCAA tournament team. And that's just how we're building it. And there will be a right time for that when that happens. Uh, if we keep building the way I believe we're going to keep building, it'll make more and more sense for people to want to play us. And, and quite honestly, that's why we've got a better schedule this year because people anticipate – that we've got a really good team. The better team you have, uh, more often than not, people higher-level teams or perceived want to play you. So uh, we're open to playing any high-level regional team we can. I love the way you put that, high-level regional team. I, I like the term. Hey, before we get out of here, <laughs> your, your team's traveling to Mexico, and you guys at St. Louis University and your staff were really out in front on how to address COVID with your athletes. Uh, do you take any special measures when they go out of the country in this situation? Because, you know, if you test positive over there, you got to sit there for two weeks, and that's no fun unless you have good room service. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not planning on that, uh, Mike. Um, we, have, uh, we have as stringent of COVID policy as anybody in college basketball with our team right now. We're testing them twice a week. Um, they are uh, – they're they're hunkered down in their little their unit. Uh, they travel that way. They eat that way. They participate that way. Um, anything can happen in the day of COVID, as you well know. But our group is really focused on being in their own little bubble and working together to be good. And they've uh, I've been really proud of them. You know, I think you know last year it was such a tough deal. Every, we had shutdowns. Everybody had shutdowns. But at the end of the day. Like in the Atlantic 10, Billiken student-athletes played more games than anybody else in the league. And it was because our staff and our coaches and our student-athletes all bought in to doing what they had to do to protect themselves and protect each other. So, you know, anything could happen, Mike, but uh, I feel good about our uh, preparation in that space and our student-athletes really knowing how to keep themselves protected and safe and, and uh, being able to keep participating and moving forward. All right. Well, Chris um... – Good luck this afternoon against Long Island. Men's soccer, a nationally ranked team. It's going to be a lot of fun with that. And uh, let's see if the Billikens can bring home a couple of W's from Mexico as well. So I look forward to seeing you down the road. When is the next home game at Chaffetz? Uh Next home game is um, it's UAB on December 4th. All right, there and you Claves, go. Claves, we're looking forward to you get, you being in the house. You know what? i got a seat for you right me, with me. Let me look at the schedule. As we, as you mentioned, December 4th, that is a Saturday. Yep. I think there's a very yep. good chance you might see Mike Claiborne and company at that particular event. That's that's what we're talking. We would love to have you and all the Billiken faithful. And, hey, we appreciate your time to get today. It's a, an exciting time on campus at SLU, and we look forward to all our fans coming out and participating and, and supporting these young people as they compete and get after it. All right, Chris, have fun today, and let's stay in touch. Thanks, and I'm looking forward to seeing you on December 4th. You got it. All right, Thank take you. care. All right, that's Chris May, the athletic director at St. Louis University. So now 
Saturday night date night. Uh, I, I should have cleared that with the warden, but uh, I think she'll understand. Uh, St. Louis U basketball is fun, and they'll be playing a good team in UAB. All right, we're going to talk some baseball when we come back. Katie Wu of The Athletic, one of my favorite writers, uh, she was at the uh, general manager's meetings recently, and we'll have a chance to visit with her and talk about some baseball, cardinal baseball, and what is this CBA all about. We'll talk with her about that and much, much more. This is Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday Morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back, everyone. We continue on Sports Open Line. Let's go to... The Quiver River Electric Cooperative Guest Line and standing by is Katie Wu of The Athletic, that fine publication. Katie, good morning. Claves, good morning, and uh, congratulations on your introduction into the Missouri Hall of Fame. Very exciting. Well, thank you very much. It was a a very exciting and fun time for me, and I'm sure for all the other inductees, and I appreciate you saying the kind words are greatly appreciated. You have been a busy person, though. Um, The general manager (laughs) meetings took place recently. So first of all, give me your slant on what took place, and did you come away with any sort of feeling on where we're going to go with this thing, especially when it comes to player movement leading up to uh, the uh, expiration of the collective bargaining agreement? Sure. Well, you know, the general meetings, as we all know, they take place relatively early in the offseason. So it's kind of in having those conversations just trying to get the general consensus of where this Cardinals team is going. And when talking to John Mozeliak and Michael Gersh, they made it very clear that their focus right now is pitching, both starting pitching and relief pitching. And when you look at how the 2021 season transpired, it makes sense, right? You look at all the injuries and how the, the season went so off track, and you equate it to not having enough pitching in the start of the season. So that's primarily where their emphasis is to begin with. Now, they're not looking – for, you know, a huge ace to revamp the rotation. The Cardinals are pretty confident in the four starters right now. Adam Wainwright and Jack Flaherty are projected to be one and two. And Dakota Hudson and Miles Michaelis around four and five. They're looking right now for a mid-starter rotate, or mid-rotation starter, possibly in the third or fourth spot, that they can sign with free agency or possibly trade for. That's their number one on their list. Then it goes to boosting the the, the bullpen and, and adding as many relief pitchers as possible. They brought back T.J. McFarland on a one-year deal. I thought that was a great signing. Uh, heard that there's conversations regarding Luis Garcia. So we'll see. Um, you have to remember when you look at all the free agent pitching that the Cardinals had in 2021, most of them aren't returning. So there's a lot of gaps to fill. That was my primary takeaway from talking to people at the GM meetings. I'm sure they'll check in on the shortstop market. I'm sure they'll check in on any veteran bench bats. But right now, going forward in these early weeks of the offseason, it's all about pitching. What about a left-handed bat? Uh, and especially, I bring that up because we, we've heard a lot about perhaps uh, the DH being in play in 2022. Um, and that was something I thought was sorely missed with the Cardinals this past season, not having a consistent left-handed bat. Where does that fit on the chain of needs? I would agree. You know, the, the Cardinals were very one-dimensional when it, comes, when it came to their hitters, right? A, a lot of the times they would have all right-handers and then two switch hitters and Tommy Edmond and Dylan Carlson. I think there is a need for a left-handed bat. And I, I understand the allure of wanting to go pursue the market. But for the first time in a long time, a lot of these Cardinals minor leaguers are knocking at the door. And as you know, 2022 has been estimated as this Cardinals' biggest window of contention for a lot of reasons. 
And a big reason was their minor league system kind of growing and maturing and being ready for this timetable. And I know Lars Newbar is not necessarily a minor leaguer at this point, but this guy was able to hold his own at the major league level, made the playoff roster, destroyed the Arizona Fall League, looks really good. I think, he's, I think he has played himself into a way that warrants a look this spring if he can be that left-handed bat. So I agree that, you know, they might need to add one, but I think not until they can go through their lengthy list of players they already have in the organization and make sure they're not blocking anyone or going out and spending money when they don't have to, when that money can be used, like allocated to other resources that they need even more. Katie Wu of The Athletic is with us here on KMOX at 1050 on a Sunday morning. Katie, uh, I mentioned the CBA. It's coming up. It's going to expire at the beginning of next month. Um, For you, if you could explain the basics on what this is all about, because we keep hearing about it, and you can get a different opinion from different people on what's the biggest issue at stake. In your opinion, what do you think are going to be three of the issues that are going to really require these guys to bear down and get a deal done? Well, I think it comes down to the primary force of this entire industry. It comes down to money, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we saw in 2020 all of the, the negotiations and the disputes about money. I mean, this is a business, and I understand that, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to players feeling like they're getting paid adequately, owners feeling like they can still make money, and it seems kind of silly to have all this uproar over, you know, millions and millions of dollars, but that's evidently what it's going to come down to. Now, it's kind of hard to pinpoint three exact things, but I do believe all whatever issues are stemming from on both sides are only going to be resolved if both sides feel like they're being compensated financially in a way that, that agrees to, bo- to both, right? So with that being said, if you look at how both of these sides are, are kind of shaping up right now and the commissioner's comments after the owner's meeting is concluded on Thursday, it looks like a, a work stoppage is coming However, everyone that I've talked to has remained pretty optimistic that because of the 2020 season that was shortened and so much money was lost there, that everyone can come to an agreement before the start of spring training or maybe, you know, the first week of spring training doesn't happen. I would expect, and maybe this is just optimism in me, I would expect a work stoppage to take place. I do not think it will impact the 2022 season. You know, I, and I would agree or I would hope that, you know, that, that ends up being the case. I would keep my fingers crossed. I'm, again, I'm optimistic that's what's going to happen, but we won't know. Hopefully, you know, in, in all cases, there is no work stoppage, but all signs seem to be pointing that way. You know, what's interesting about this is, you know, everybody wants to take this to the 11th hour. And if you recall, the last time they had a situation where they had to extend a, a CBA, they got it done in plenty of time where nobody missed anything. And because I think everybody understands what's at stake here, the players want the owners to be more competitive, they want to move some, some money around, the, the, the subject and the issues aren't going to change between now and the start of spring training. So for people that feel like, well, we, we hope we don't miss any spring training, you know what, there's too much time to get this done because the, it's not going to change between now and the start of spring training. Right. That's a great point. You know, and it's, Baseball right now is in a very peculiar state because there just seems to be so many issues that need to be fixed, but the game, as we saw in 2021, can still be played. Um, you know, it's, it's, again, very peculiar situation to try to navigate. I remain optimistic that they can get things done. We saw how detrimental even, you know, a 60-game season, missing over 100 games in 2020 was to the sport. The absolute last thing baseball needs right now 
is to have any impact on their upcoming season. I would agree wholeheartedly. All right, so if I make you commissioner for a day during the CBA, what's the one thing you'd like to see change? And, and maybe it's not money. I mean, that, that's, that's a whole different subject. But maybe in how the game is played from a rules perspective, is there one thing, Katie, we would like to see tweet, eliminate it, you name it. It's, all, it's on okay. you right now. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go selfish here. I'm going to say uh, media access is better. Um, you know, maybe we're allowed back in the clubhouse for a limited amount of time. That'd be the one change I would make okay. um, for selfish reasons. Um, but, you know, it's hard. It's hard because at the end of the day, we all love baseball so much, right? And it, it's frustrating to see kind of the holes in the game and how it could be better and and just the lack of interest surrounding it. I'm not quite sure what one thing I would pinpoint, um, I guess probably I would say the three batter minimum rule. Okay. I just think that's, that's, there's, I understand why it was implemented um, to, to speed the game up. It actually doesn't do that. We've seen cases where pitchers have no control and managers have to kind of sit there like sitting on their hands and, and not make a move. I do like the one out left-handed reliever specialist. I think that's a fun part of the game. That's one of the one minor, but, many issues I would I would change if I was commissioner. All right, commissioner of the day, Katie Wu is our guest. Katie, That's as me. always, I appreciate you spending some time with us today. Have a great Thanksgiving, and hopefully things will work out where we don't miss anything when it comes to baseball uh, for 2022. Agreed. Definitely agreed, Clay. So nice talking to you. All right, take care. Katie Wu of The Athletic. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check her out, check her out. You can follow her on Twitter, but you can also subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, it's a really good publication. I've said this before. I think when it comes to baseball coverage, what, what she does at The Athletic and certainly what Derek Gould is doing uh, at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Zach Silver from MLB.com, I mean, those three have done a really good job in giving us great coverage as far as baseball is concerned. And, you know, obviously the commish. I mean, it doesn't get any better than those four. And we've got some other people who are starting to really do a nice job and contribute to the writings and keeping us uh, informed of what's going on with Cardinal baseball and certainly Major League Baseball. But as Katie says, she hopes that uh, we can get this done, and I think we will. All right, let's take a break. We're coming up on the top of the hour. Next hour, we're going to visit with Howard Richardson, talk some Missouri football. John Mozalak, president of baseball operations for the Cardinals, will join us as well. We hope you will be around to do the same thing. So in the meantime, we'll take a break. News coming up next right here on Your Voice for Cardinal Baseball and St. Louis University Basketball, KMOX. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 